your source for Big Ten talk. It's off tackle Empire. Welcome back from our long, long one-day layover at Off Topple Empire. Once you've drawn here with Andrew Krzyzewski, and we're here to talk about Week 5 Preview. Oh, well-rested. Been a long time since we've seen each other. How you been, man? Oh, man. Still mad. Still pretty mad. Word. Anyway, we'll get right to it since uh, the game, the first game is approaching very quickly. Even as we record it by the time it's posted, it's going to be right around the corner. Friday Night Lights. Of course, there's only one bye. Bye, Illinois. Uh, bye forever. But, you know, until until we... So, week five begins a little early for the Big Ten. Some pretty ACC shit, but I actually don't mind it, especially when it's not my team, because it gives me something to do if I'm sitting at home avoiding house, you know, avoiding house projects, as I tend to be on the weekends. So, Penn State going to Maryland. Both teams had to buy off last week to organize themselves. Substantially less hype in, in this game than there was a couple weeks before, before Maryland took the L to Temple. That being said, uh, with, despite the air coming out of Maryland's balloon to a large extent, if they want to reassert themselves <clears throat> and get back in the picture, Temple's not a conference loss. You got Penn State at home. You supposedly had to add additional seats to fit your students in. Are they still going to show up? Are they going to have enough of a home atmosphere to make this competitive? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know how buying tickets works there because it wasn't Temple in a away game. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if they were just... I think that they were just buying the tickets, and if you've already bought the tickets, you might, might as well go, do it. I guess. Yeah, yeah you, I would. I would go. Why not? Well, I would go, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I like hate myself to a large extent, and well, well, like so, to punish myself by sitting through exceptionally painful losses what's till the, the till what, the end. What is the emotional exposure for Maryland, though? It, first of all. The potential payoff is enormous. Enormous. If you, if you win, you knock off hated Penn State at home. How many times have they beaten Penn State since they joined the conference? Have they? Yeah, once, they have. Once, maybe? Once or once. twice? 2014. <clears throat> All right, so yeah, before Franklin really had it rolling. And so, if you obviously, if you win, you've made the best decision of probably of the year for you as a Maryland sports fan. But if you lose, there's still probably an enormous hype-filled atmosphere at kickoff, yeah. which is just a fun thing to experience. Right. And Things that, you know, not programs so like ours are not going to see much. And it's like, oh, a very different scheme, got a whole different recruiting mindset. So it's still possible to be positive, in the, even in the event of a big loss at home. But again, the, the payouts here are substantial. If you're a Maryland fan and you got the ticket, go to the game. Give your team a hype atmosphere. Show, I presume this is probably your biggest recruiting night of the year. Um, Help your coach show what your stadium is capable of being. Not that it's going to be like that regularly. But, well, uh, hey, look. Last year you got one branch of the Ron Zook recruiting tree popping, blasting Ohio State at home, and saying, I have arrived. Well, why not the next branch of the Ron Zook <laughs> coaching tree this year? I mean, they got to have their... Uh, they got to have their number five Wisconsin moment before they have their number one Ohio State moment, right? And so... The other interesting thing here is that despite it being, despite Maryland being a six and a half point home dog, they're actually, it's actually the second smallest spread in the conference this week. I sort of skipped past what I was going to say at the beginning, but this is uh, the week of the colossal spread here in the Big Ten. Spread them week! 
Yeah, one game with less than a six-point spread. We'll get into that in a little bit. It's gonna, the one we're going to cover last, not because it's interesting, but because it's probably going to be competitive. So before we get to that, though, Northwestern, Wisconsin, 24-point spread. Boy, if you look at last week's results and the results before that, you think that's not enough points. But Northwestern is still solid defensively and, and, well, no. I was going to say it's going to be October when this game is played. I'm wrong by a couple of days. You're still getting September Northwestern. I'm changing my initial thought here. Lay the points. Yep, take Wisconsin. Wisconsin and the points. Uh, I'm changing it. I'm changing my answer in the spreadsheet as we as we speak. Yeah. So. Yikes. Yeah, because I, I don't... Do not invest in September Northwestern. <laughs> we keep... We keep saying that meme, and they keep proving us right. We it was a joke for a while. Yeah, it was it was meant to be a joke. Now it, it's gospel. <laughs> now it's just gospel. We spoke it into being. <laughs> see see the power of your own convictions, man. Um, Did you know that it was on this day two years ago that we recorded the very first episode? Damn, man! Big big happy anniversary. I didn't. Yeah, I forgot to get you anything. Yep, and I got presumably we're talking about how much Northwestern sucks in September. I got you a beer. You're gonna get that happy anniversary. I didn't forget. Um, so <laughs> <coughs> Look, the point is, even if we've made the turn for Northwestern and good Northwestern starts to show up. This is not a year where I think good Northwestern beats good Wisconsin. Uh, Especially not on the road. No, that's the other thing. In Camp Randall, once again. How, how does Wisconsin play all their games in Camp Randall? Because we we play them there, too. Do, do they ever go on the road? I mean, are they just going to be on the road for, like... Did Barry Alvarez get his hands on the schedule-making app again? How? Yeah. I mean, I wonder if they're just going to do, like, a like a, like a a world tour October, November. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess they'd have to, because... Every, I mean, you alternate obviously with five home games and four away. Well, they played at USF. I guess does that even count? I mean, it's, it's it's a doesn't USF play in the stadium with the pirate ship in it? Do you really feel intimidated by that <laughs> atmosphere? <laughs> so <laughs> it's very festive. Yeah, yeah. In any case, is there a scenario in which you think Northwestern Wisconsin game? No. I mean, I want to be interesting. I want to be you know. One of the problems with our podcast is that we don't disagree often, but I can't disagree with you here. No. See, we need to have some stage debates just for the sake of it. Um, if you squint and you look at this the right way, Northwestern had a little bit of success on the ground against Michigan State last week, and then you look closer and you see that a lot of that came when Michigan State pulled their starters defensively. I don't think Wisconsin's quite as good against the run as MSU is, despite what the numbers so far say, but... This is going to be a tough road to hoe Northwestern offensively. And, boy, defensively, Northwestern's been fine here. They haven't been good. They haven't been their usual selves defensively. But they've been fine. I could see them holding Wisconsin under 30. But but Wisconsin can throw enough to make you honest. Yeah, and honestly, probably all that gets Northwestern in this is a 28-10 to loss instead of, you know, 35-25 to or something like that. Like that, so. uh, like that really polite 24-10 to blowout they laid on us a few years ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the gentleman's blowout. Right. So, yeah, I know it's a big point spread, but September Northwestern. All right, so Wisconsin in a gentleman's blowout. Speaking of gentleman's blowout, well... That not speaking of gentlemen's blowouts, Rutgers visiting the big house. 29-point spread. Well, we were talking about if Jim Harbaugh has lost his competitive fire. We'll see here because, uh, remember, we said Rutgers not really able to stop the run as Steve Adazio just pounded A.J. Dillon for, for all he was worth. Uh, can't imagine Harbaugh opening the game by doing anything less. 
and you can imagine that they should be able to have their way with them. Well, well, here's the thing about Michigan's rushing offense. It hasn't actually been that good, which has been surprising, especially, I mean, look, I get that the first couple years of the season, John Runyon was out, a good run-blocking left tackle. They still had an all-conference guy in Bredesen at guard, Ruiz and Unwainu also middle or fine. The right tackle situation's a little problem because starting kids, but they ran for like three yards of pop against Army. Didn't run for all that much against Middle Tennessee, I don't believe. And we saw what happened last week. So it, the other thing, by the way, is that nobody's clear on how healthy Zach Charbonnet is, who's the only guy they have on their roster to be capable of being a bell cow back. So if Charbonnet is limited again, what do you have from the rest of Michigan's running backs? Because the guys they were rolling out there last week, Christian Turner is the only other one who looks capable, who looks like a real Division One back. That's just my opinion. Again, we've got kind of limited sample sizes on these other guys, but I don't think this is, I don't think this is a Michigan team that's going to run it up the way they typically do, which isn't to say that they can't do it. My question is just, do they decide in a game that they feel they should control to continue throwing the ball down, to do it from the beginning and to continue doing it? Because that is still the strong point of this team at this point, is their wide receiver. And for some reason, it seems like Harbaugh doesn't want it to be that way. No, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but I don't think he does. I think he, I think he still, he seems to be in this mindset where the wide receivers are the, the foul device of last resort. You, you, you don't, you only go to receivers if you can't establish the run, Jimmy. So, yeah, I, because we again, and we talked about this honestly. I cannot otherwise come up with a reason for why they don't throw more to Nico Collins, Street Black. I don't even remember if Donovan Peoples-Jones played last week. He might still be hurt, but Black and Collins are a hell of a combination. Ronnie Bell has looked great at moments, that, especially on catch and runs. So if Michigan decides to use a balanced approach and pass it from the beginning, this should be a typical Michigan Rutgers game. If they try to follow their usual blueprint and just run power O all day, I don't think it's going to go as well for Michigan as a 29-point spread would indicate, I don't think there's any danger of Michigan losing this game at home. But I think they could struggle a lot more than usual. And if they if they do that, if they call runs on two-thirds, three-quarters of their plays and it's not working, I expect some discontent from this crowd. I'm considering going to, be, to this game because my lady friend, as I think you know, is a Michigan grad. She expressed interest in going for some random reason. So I'm going to take her. It's supposed to rain, and I'm hoping I'll be able to get the cheapest tickets to the house you'll ever see. But... I think I might hear some booze in the big house. Almost they'll immediately get shushed. They'll immediately get shushed. But well, what's interesting here is, um, yeah, this will this will be an interesting because as a fan of an ass team that also plays Michigan, uh, I'm I'm real curious to see how their offense works because you know against a, a fairly predictable defense because you know. Rutgers is probably not going to change a thing up on defense. Um, we're not. So if they struggle to establish the run, I may consider going to the Michigan game. How's that for an indictment of Michigan this year? I'm considering going to an Illinois-Michigan game. Conditionally, of course. But really, if you're getting back to it, we were talking about, has Jim Harbaugh just lost? Has, has some of the fire gone out? And so if they establish control of this game, what would, what would the Jim Harbaugh that came to Michigan do? I mean, he just... Continued to be an enormous dick and just he, run it up he, as much as he could. He would put the game in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, we know that if he, if he doesn't it. feel like it, if, if if he feels like I don't know for whatever reason wary of doing that, even though he clearly can. Huh? Yeah. Well, I guess I mean, even if Charbonnet plays, if he's full go, I still think once you establish a lead, you don't want to risk re-injuring him. So I think you pull your best guy. Or I, I don't know. 
I can see this being closer than a 20... Well, I guess the spread's actually down to 27.5 now. It opened it, but the line that we are settling with for our picks is 27.5. I'm still considering Rutgers to cover there, um, or Rutgers to beat the spread there, but... Uh, well, you know Patterson's going to fumble on the opening drive, so the question <laughs> as, is as whether or not um, whichever quarterback makes a start for Rutgers can do anything with it by throwing repeatedly to Blackshear. And that's an interesting question for Rutgers now. After what you saw from Sitkowski last week, you rolled him even if Carter's healthy enough to play? Man, I really don't know because, remember, Carter also had a hideous interception rate. Yeah. Um, you saw him against a defense that may be comparable to Michigan's, but with a little stronger defensive less, line. Stronger line, but less talent overall. But less overall talent, yeah. Um, uh, just, just get rocked. I don't know. It's an interesting question. I, I could see arguments for either, and this is one where... And you know Sitkowski is not going to... I didn't expect Sitkowski to be as bad as a sophomore. It would have been you impossible. Know, it would have been impossible. Would've yeah, been so of course, uh, of course, I mean, we again, we, we talked about, we, we mostly blamed how sustained, the sustained awfulness of Sitkowski on the coaching staff. Yeah, and well, again, even if a coaching staff hasn't improved much... Players almost always make their biggest progression from freshman soft years. Absolutely. Do they not? So we were going to see a better version of Sikowski. I don't know if the 300 yards passing, two-thirds completion rate we got last week is going to show up against Michigan, where they've got, you know, to the extent this defense still has top-shelf talent, it's definitely in the back seven, back, well, back four. But, uh... Boy, we're, we're being awfully encouraged about a, about a losing effort to a team that got blown out by Kansas. I'm really, I, I'm really looking for silver linings here, man. I, yeah. like, I don't have anything against Rutgers fans. Um, I hate that their school is in the conference and I have to watch my team play them all the time. But they're not, you know, they're not at fault for that. I don't want them to suffer forever. Like, you know, misery should be shared, right? I had to deal with John L. Smith when I was in school. Um, Rutgers have had to deal with everything that's happened in their school's history other than the Shiano era. So that seems a little imbalanced. Why don't we pass some of that misery to Michigan? Why don't we get this upset at home of Rutgers over Michigan? Why don't, why, why don't we praise up for this, make this happen? You look skeptical. I am skeptical. <laughs> Deeply skeptical. It's not going to happen. It, like, look. And the other thing is, we always say this about Ohio State in particular, but even if you're a big home favorite and you're winning, you know, you, don't you want the game to be interesting without being too interesting? Like if it gets to 21 nothing, aren't you okay with it going back and forth a little more evenly from there? Like, is it, you really have to win by five or six scores to be happy? Um, I don't know, man. Maybe I don't know. Just, I mean, again, if you're an Ohio State fan, are you ever really that happy uh, if you before? Don't the title, if, like, no. are you ever really that happy before December or really before the last week of November? Like, does anything even register for you? So, do you even feel? Speaking of. Not registering. Middle Tennessee State at Iowa is probably going to be extremely unremarkable. Yeah. 24-point spread for the Hawkeyes. The only thing I would say is Middle Tennessee State's quarterback, who uh, Asher O'Hara, that's his name. He did give Michigan some problems. He's a dual-threat guy, very nimble little, you know, the kind of guy who can give a power program with a more lumbering defense problems at times. Uh, I don't think this is ultimately a competitive problem for Iowa. Only possible problem scenario is the fact that Iowa goes to Michigan next week. Maybe you look ahead, but that's not a thing you ever see with Iowa. They're very good at zeroing in on a task in front of them. Um, you know, one, they're occasionally accused of not caring about non-conference games like this, but you didn't. You, you got over El Asico. You're not going to lose this game. Well, I mean, Rick Stockstill is a very 
I mean, he's a good coach for a Sunbelt conference. He's probably Sunbelt is probably his ceiling. And he's got a hilarious sense of humor, as you found out when. Well, yeah, so he referred to Nate Stanley as a tough, hard-nosed downhill runner. Uh... I don't think I've ever seen Nate Stanley run. I don't think I've ever. I'm not sure I've ever seen him outside the pocket. I don't know what he would look like running. I'm trying. It's basically like trying to picture a giraffe running if you've never seen it. Like, how would that even work? Dude, like I like, just, what did I just picture his... it running like 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 Scooby Doo trying to accelerate <laughs> with the windmill or legs. I just yeah, you just picture him and it's like, what does he do with his neck? It like does it get in the like duck it down? Like does it get in the way? Does he use it as a rudder? Does it just know, yeah. kind of, like, flail behind him? Like, does his head just kind of... Is he not really looking? Yeah, I, just kind of along for the ride? I can't envision that as the point. So that's, uh, that's about the most interesting thing that's likely to come out of this game. Again, Middle Tennessee's got a little bit of a, a dual-threat quarterback. They played in the big house already this season, so they're not going to be bothered by a noon kickoff at Kinnick. Uh, this really should not be a competitive game, though. Iowa should be able to ride... Um, Sergeant Young most of the way. Stanley, I mean, he might be a hell of a a downhill runner, but I don't think you're going to have to call on him for very many scrambles this game. So, speaking of scrambles, um, I don't know why, I don't know why exactly I'm talking about scrambles here, but, uh, gross. Um, I still, I, I don't get where these spreads come from. Um, 14 points last week against Northwestern felt like free money. I get that MSU covered that, but they are historically terrible at covering spreads besides 14 and a half is where it settled for Indiana versus MSU. And really, as we discussed last week, like what data points do you have about Indiana that indicate they're not going to be able to punch a team like MSU? Um, well, simply you just kind of look at the name, but you take the name off it. You say that that's like, you know, I don't know. Say that's like Michigan. Say that's, you know, anyone else. Uh, yeah, uh, Dog was very concerned by my old brass platoon intro noise there. The sound he'd never heard before, so he come running right now. But yeah, you know, you, you've got the same amount of data points. I mean, it's just like, Indiana hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. That's the reason yeah. that you'd, you'd give them those 14 <laughs> and a half points. And I suppose if you want, you can add that MSU was at home, but honestly... Over the last number of years, Spartan Stadium has not been especially notable home advantage for you. It's not to say that the crowds are bad or anything. It just they lose plenty of games there. Three uh, thirty kickoff, so I would expect a pretty good crowd. The weather, I've, I haven't checked for Lansing. I know over where we are, it's there's a chance of rain and storms pretty much all weekend. If you want my opinion, I think that probably benefits MSU. I guess. If it's harder, yeah, if it's harder to throw the ball, that almost always works in MSU's favor. Um, but I've always, I've always been kind of, I've always been of the mind that in a weather game, is it not easier to slip through a tackle and then you're gone and off the races if you have the ball secured? I don't know. Um, Wait a minute. What? Then what game is big new kickoff this week? Uh, well, let's see one that's on Fox. To BTN. <gasps> Fox deserted us. Big nude kickoff isn't B1G. Oh my goodness! So wait I a minute. What to do with myself? Might it just be like pack nude, ki- pack nude kickoff? Well, or I'm... southeastern nude kickoff? Sec nude kickoff. <laughs> Ack nude kickoff. Um. Yeah. No. Northwestern Wisconsin's ABC. Iowa's ESPN two. Rutgers Michigan BTN. And Mac nude kickoff. 
That's that sounds like my kind of kickoff. Yeah, I guess we're gonna be deprived of uh, of Gus Johnson saying at least. Oh, and something I'm just seeing here as I'm looking at the previews for next week. Um, Indiana's left tackle is out for the season. Oh my goodness. And I don't know if I haven't heard anything about whether Penix is gonna play. Pour one out for Coy Cronk. My goodness, I love that name. All time, all name team. Um, a little inconsistent over his career, but still a multi-year starting left tackle. And you don't like to see... I'm, he's got to be a year by now. You don't like to see a guy lose his last year. Oh, how many games has Indiana played? Because they're three, four games. Yeah. I don't think he's redshirted. I suppose there's a possibility he could return. Truly unfortunate news. Indiana just needs everything to go to, go go right this year because it gets, seems like they've got so much riding on this. You know? It seems it like they could break out as a program. And this, again, yeah. From what we've seen so far, there was nothing to think that they wouldn't. Uh, but boy, backup left tackle, whoever he is, versus Kenny Willickis. That's a tough beat. So, you know, I made that. I don't think that has any impact on this line because it came out, that, that it just came out today. <sighs> that really sucks. I'm so, are we going to go that. to the hype game of the week or the real game of the week? Uh, let's do hype game of the week. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> Ohio State at Nebraska, honestly, I hate to say. I hate to say this. Days coming to town. Why? I, Why? <laughs> I just hate to say this, but it might as well be Ohio State at Miami, Ohio. Yeah. Um, I'm rolling Justin Fields and JMC for sure this week. I thought about playing Dobbins too. Yeah, because Nebraska's defense worked because Rod Smith, like all Coach Smiths at Illinois, is an idiot, and Brandon Peters can't handle the blitz. Can Justin Fields handle the blitz? Probably. Yeah, well, and also, can Ohio State's offensive line pass protect? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Uh, can, I mean, can, well, also, can their tight ends pass protect? Probably. Yeah. Can Can any of their players do anything better than everybody else's players? Probably. Probably. Yeah. It's, uh, it's boring. Um, you know how much I'd love to say that Nebraska can punch here, but... I wonder when the last time was that a visiting team in Nebraska had an Line in their favor. It has to have been a while. Um, Maybe a couple of years because the Mike Riley Cornhuskers weren't that good and they hosted Ohio State, didn't they? Did, uh, that's what I was trying to remember is whether, I mean, I know based on those parody things, they were supposed to play Ohio State a lot of the time. Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm, making, I'm not sure. But the thing is, even in those years, Nebraska always dramatically underperformed relative to expectations, so it wouldn't surprise me if some of those lines had indeed been bet down. A bit, you know. I guess the only interesting things thing that that I'm watching for here is uh, it'll be by far the biggest test of the Ohio State defense. Oh yeah, thus far yeah, yeah. because Nebraska's passing game can be so nasty and the whole thing. Yeah, when really it's working. Yeah, yeah. As long, if Nebraska doesn't turn the ball over, I think they absolutely beat that spread. The problem is I just don't see how their defense is going to slow Ohio State down at all. No. So they can't. The only way that they've got any shot in this game is they can't make any mistakes at all like when i say not make any mistakes i don't mean like don't throw a pick six i mean like man if there's like a, a if there's like a like a like a two foot window to get that ball in downfield like you can't miss it you know yeah, yeah you it's can't. like are all five of your defensive backs able to lock up man to man okay good hope they can every play are your linebackers going to make every tackle on Dobbins and Fields? Good. Hope they can, because if not, they're going to house but, it. But so. especially on offense is where they just have to be flawless from the beginning of the game, which they have not yet demonstrated that they can do. And this is a different class of defense they're playing than they before. Nobody, not Colorado, Illinois, no, I mean, 
Illinois got Batiku. Maybe you could say he's a comparable player for Chase Young, but they haven't played a guy that's got Chase Young, that's got Jeff Okuda, that's got the rest of the Yeah, that's the thing. When you've got one really good defensive lineman against you, you just run it the other way. Yeah, run it the other (laughs) way, put two guys on him, and find your matchups elsewhere. But Ohio State has those matchups for you everywhere on the field. So this is a a tough one. This is going to be an interesting kind of litmus test for where Frost is with this program. But the other thing is... If it's a 30-point blowout, are you really, like, is that evidence that things aren't working out for Frost? No, I don't, I don't think so. You could lose by 30 and still end up winning the Big Ten West this year. So, yeah. <coughs> all that said, I'm taking the Buckeyes to cover. What about you? God, it's bizarre. <laughs> like, when you're virtually, when you're all but just a very small number of teams in this conference, you play Ohio State. I mean, it's like you're a MAC team playing a Big Ten team. Yeah. You know, it's like... Well, we're not going to win, but let's maybe see, you know, we can punch with them. You know, I feel good about how, like, our games that matter are going to go. <laughs> right, know? the games that actually it, determine the outcome of our season, yeah. It's, 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 God, it's, it's so frustrating. I wish, God, why, why couldn't this have been the preseason prediction that I was wrong about? <laughs> God, if anything could just be wrong about assuming Ohio State is an absolute murder machine that is so much better than virtually every team in the conference as to make their games irrelevant. Um, Alright, so now, actual game of the week, 3.30 p.m., West Lafayette, Indiana. 3-0 Minnesota against 1-2 Purdue. The line according to ESPN is even. Our betting line here is uh, is Purdue minus one at home. What do you say? Man, this, this is a tough one to see. I imagine that Sindelar is going to return for this game. Um... Unclear. I, I don't think it's known yet. You would think, but, you know, every concussion's different. That is true. I mean, if Sindelar plays, then... <laughs> this would just then, be a hell of a game to watch. So that, well, right. All but, we can say is, yeah, if Sindelar plays... Because Shannon Brooks is coming back yeah. for Minnesota. This, this is going to be this is gonna be a shootout. Well, that's the thing is, if Sindelar comes back, Purdue is still short Marcus Bailey, still short Tario Fuller, I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure they're also still short. But Minnesota still also has a suspect defense, but not necessarily in the back end. Right. That's so, the one thing, is Purdue struggles to run the ball. Hope Sindelar plays, because this should be the most interesting game of the week. I hate to say this, but I like Minnesota in this one because yeah. when you think about their secondary, is probably, probably one the, of the strength few, of their defense. Yeah, one of the few that's got the chops to keep up with Purdue's wideout court. And, and Purdue doesn't have the running game to exploit Minnesota, so far, they have not shown me anything that that scares me as far as their ability to stop the run. No, even Carter Coughlin as a pass rusher has not really shown what he was supposed to be before the season. He was, you know, before the season, I thought one of the main storylines was how are you ever going to pick the defensive end of the conference? Ten, you've got Chase, you've got Kenny Will, um, is that his name? Coughlin, um, Joe Gaziano, we have Vanessa. Every team had, you know, like a top two, a top couple rounds NFL draft pick, it felt like, but... Maybe it's just a feature of the offenses they've played, but I haven't seen it from Coughlin yet this year, and it's been a little bit surprising. So, again, I, I agree with you. I think the whole story here is whether Sindelar plays. If he does, I would probably favor Purdue in this. If not, I think Minnesota's decisively the better team. <clears throat> and it'll be interesting to see what Jeff Brom comes up with. I think Minnesota it. matches up well enough with Purdue that I think Minnesota, I take Minnesota even if Sindelar plays. You want us to disagree about something? Get the fuck out of my house. Goomph! 
so that's it. that does it for Big Ten. Let's look around the country. Um, not all, I mean, the fact that game day went to an unranked Nebraska hosting Ohio State, probably going to dumpster them, tells you what we have elsewhere. Only two ranked games of the week are Paction. We've got Arizona State Cal. Um, take the under in that game, whatever it is. It's probably going to be like 31. Um, consider the under. <laughs> Conversely, <clears throat> consider the over in Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Yes, That's traditionally be, a real fun game to watch. It'll be fucking wild. Um, Although Alan Bowman hurt for Texas Tech starting quarterback, it's unclear if they, they'll tr- turn to the true freshman. Don't remember his name, but yeah, I, I it's also unclear if Texas Tech going with Matt Wells is is going to not necessarily be quite as uh, as boomy on offense as they were before. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Hilarious. Uh, although it's probably also fair to say they have not constructed it overnight. Uh, the other ranked Pac-12 game, Wazoo at Utah, for the far away from Stuff Cup, or at least Washington State was ranked when I made this outline. I don't know if they might have fallen out of the rankings. Let me see here if they fell all the way out of the rankings because of that. Yeah, loss. they did. Oh, okay, well, never mind both those games being ranked. <laughs> um, elsewhere, interesting games. How about BYU going to Toledo? <laughs> that, it, what, what, what is BYU? They're independent. They, they gotta find people who will play them. <laughs> and there's probably not a whole lot of Power 5 teams that want to play those jerks because... It's very, very interesting what they choose to do with their lives. Yeah. Well, because the thing is, like... Their football lives, I'm not talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, well, you know, other stuff too. Um... But if you're if you're BYU and you play an away game at Toledo, is Toledo paying them to come? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Um, I can't imagine. I have no idea. Um, so flying under the radar, Kansas State is ranked. Yeah, the first year under Chris Kleeman. Well, three and zero. I don't know that maybe they... shouldn't be surprising if there's a if there was a coach who you thought could come in. And kind of continue the Kansas State model of building stuff out of basically out of crafting materials. Would it not have been an FCS coach? Yeah, that's that's fair to say. Um, they they mostly got ranked on the strength of having beaten Mississippi State a couple years ago or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago, and just and basically the main reason they're ranked is because they didn't play last week, and a lot of people in the bottom end lost, and well, someone yeah. had to go there. Um, also, you're sleeping on the civil conflict. <laughs> uh, and also, you didn't mention the insufferable. No, I mentioned that UVA at Notre Dame. Ah, that's in here. Well, did you did you name it? Um, I called it the most insufferable game of all time, non-Duke basketball division. That's the insufferable. Definitely has more of a We'll go with that. Um, yeah, don't watch that game. Um, hashtag Team Meteor. Tune out. Of that game, honestly, like, who would you really want to lose that game? Uh, Notre Dame. That's always the answer. Yeah, because if they beat ranked Virginia, we have to listen to another week of Notre Dame can still make the playoff if they run the table. They play this great schedule. If UVA wins, they'll put us out of that conversation. We don't have to hear about the Irish until they play Michigan. <laughs> Ooh boy! Oh my God! Notre Dame's running game with that offensive line. What's well, that? What you? Oh wait, they, that happens like late in the year, right? Not late, but like October. I think yeah. like around Halloween. Um, not 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 soon. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh oh, there's a Michigan Mac Cup game. Ah, that shouldn't be interesting. But I like that there's a. I like that there is like a other three-way than, trophy that is not the Commander in Chief's trophy. Yeah, but you know, I think other than their shit housing by Wisconsin Central is otherwise undefeated this year. I think. 
They're two and two. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, I think they, that was well, true. Well, they beat the absolute crap out of Akron. I think that was true before last weekend. Um, Broncos are favored by 17 in that game, but uh, the over-under is 60. And <clears throat> Action. Yeah. I mean, Western Michigan lost like a, a about, like, what, 80, 90 total point game to Syracuse? Yeah. Anything else catching your eye in the national slate? There's, yeah, you know, we're starting to get into conference play, which I always like because then you <clears throat> you, you, you don't have to make up arbitrary data points. <clears throat> okay, well, let's get right to it then. Predictions of the week. Um, I just missed it here. This is, this is one of the most trash games that I think I've ever seen, and it's so bad that I might watch that one instead of Minnesota-Purdue. Akron at UMass. You Both teams are 0-4. You need help. UMass just got blown away by Coastal Carolina. Akron was so bad that they briefly convinced me that Lovey Smith had things turned around. Um, ooh, boy. Wow. Are you even going to be able to find that game? I know you have Hulu. Are you even going to be able to find that game? I am not seeing... I'm not seeing any TV info, but... That's good. That That's that's fine. Maybe I'll just have to go straight to uh, Warren McGurk Alumni Stadium that never fails to make me think of... Uh, Is that Ann Akron, then? Uh, that's in Amherst, Massachusetts. You're going to go to Massachusetts to watch that shit? Oh, yeah. Well, that I does... got to go to Coach McGurk Alumni Stadium. <laughs> Do you ever watch home movies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's weird. I still think of John <coughs> Benjamin as Coach McGurk. I kind of do too. Um, I mean, Archer's definitely his role now, but uh, <laughs> you know, looking elsewhere nationally, I mean, really, that Maryland and Penn State game is one that you might look at. Does Maryland put a scare in Penn State? Maybe. Um, you know, the Nittany Lion offense did stall out for long periods against Pitt. I don't know if Maryland's defense is as good as Pitt, but I don't know how good Pitt is, period. So maybe that's something. The other thing I would look at is uh, USC just handled Utah. Now they've got Washington. Yeah. In what, in what could be a preview of the Pac-12 title game. Could be, unexpectedly. Um, I still like Washington in this one. Yeah. Because I, I just think that they're they're more disciplined, experienced team, um, and USC doesn't have a good enough defense. Yeah, I'm looking at the potential for Pac-12 after dark, and I'm seeing UCLA, Arizona, with an over-under of 72. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it starts at 10.30 p.m. I'm not good at it. Oh, man, Hawaii, Nevada. Now, talk about some coaches known for dialing up the pass. Okay, you'll recall what Nevada did against Purdue. Yeah. Slinging it all over the place. So, um, as for a prediction here, I wonder, I wonder what's going on here with Stanford at Oregon State. I could see Stanford dropping that one. Does that even count as a, as a, as a dick trip? You looked at it before the season it was. At this point, the win that gives... Well, because if Oregon State is going to rebuild, then the win that kind of gets them there has to necessarily be a dick trip by someone else. I guess, but this is 1-3 and three and one in, versus 1-2. and two. I don't know if we're calling uh, elsewhere. If we're just looking ranked on ranked, K-State at Oak State. Yeah, K-State at OK State was the other one that That's probably going to be the one. Although, would it, would it be that out of character for Auburn to lose to Mississippi I was State at home? that one too. No, it wouldn't be. Um, <laughs> that seems very well, especially when you consider you've got uh, Tommy Stevens at, uh, reunited with his offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead. Is Stevens going to be healthy enough to play though? He's been out for a couple. Ooh, that I don't know. 
Um, no, I, I still think by technical definitions, the best chance here is still USC beating Washington. Although that is, oh, that's a, that's a game now between two ranked teams, USC yeah. won. So that was the other Pac-12 game I was at. So I think that's the most likely. Um, other than that, this feels like another week of chalk. It, it just doesn't, there's a lot of, a lot of ranked teams that don't feel as vulnerable this year in the top half of the ranking. Yeah, everything's a lot less fun up there. Come down here. With us, it's infuriating, but at least you feel things. Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's off-tackle Empire!